I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for June 2019. This month, how machine learning can help early prediction of neonatal hyperbilirubinemia. Almost 10% of newborn infants develop significant hyperbilirubinemia and require phototherapy treatment. This treatment is costly and comes with the risk of increased likelihood of allergic diseases. However, the costs of not treating neonatal jaundice can be more severe, as it can cause lifelong disability. So precise patient monitoring and deliberate treatment assignment are essential for at-risk neonates. Sven Wellman, during his time at the University of Basel's Children's Hospital in Switzerland, along with his colleagues, drew on the predictive power of machine learning methods to identify neonates at risk of developing clinically relevant hyperbilirubinemia. Whilst the resulting online tool is tailored to that Swiss population, it shows promise for future tools to be developed across the world. Here's Sven. Neonatal jaundice is quite normal. The majority of babies turn yellow after birth for a couple of days. This is a normal part of their transition at birth from the in utero to the extra utero life. And after one week or sometimes 10 days, the bilirubin levels decrease and the jaundice disappears. But for a proportion of those children, a more severe situation develops in the form of hyperbilirubinemia. Exactly. There are some certain limits identified more than 20 years ago. And once the upper limits are exceeded, then it's called hyperbilirubinemia and, or jaundice. So you can exchange the two names. Tell me about the current treatment then, phototherapy. How does this work? This is a blue light. You can use also bright light, but the blue part of the light is changing the bilirubin under the skin towards water-soluble conformation. And then this bilirubin goes, passes the kidney and goes out. This treatment works very well. It takes hours, so usually you protect the eyes and place the baby under the lamp and you can increase the brightness and then you treat usually for 12 hours or even 24 hours the baby and thereby decreases the bilirubin levels. So we have a treatment that works. What are the downsides to phototherapy? Phototherapy in general is believed to be safe. But there are some buts. (laughs) 
So on the one hand, it distracts the baby from the mother. It means you have to place the baby really under this lamp. This can complicate and interfere with breastfeeding, for example, and other things. There's also a molecular issue. There can be some uh, changes in the DNA, and this is shown there's some DNA damage. When you can measure the lymphocytes in the blood, there is documented DNA damage in circulating lymphocytes due to phototherapy. Now, you've recently published a paper in Pediatric Research in which you describe an online tool with a machine learning component to aid the clinical decision-making. Can you explain the rationale behind this? In daily practice, you really daily have the situation at day two or three after life. You send the baby home and then you give advice. Is there a next control for the be needed? Yes or no and when? And this is based on normograms. And these normograms are worldwide in use. But based on these normograms, you cannot give a forecast, an exact forecast, when exactly the bilirubin might get critically high or is this a baby resolving from the increase and coming down again and there's no test needed. There are many factors we know that impact the course of bilirubin, but all these factors are so difficult to take in account. And this prompted us to take a large data set we have collected in the past years to analyze this together with uh, mathematicians to see whether with artificial intelligence we can take out the best from this data set to develop a tool which eventually can help us to guide us in uh, clinical decision-making. So you trained this algorithm then on old clinical data to decide whether the individual patient would get phototherapy within 48 hours or not. Precisely how well did the tool perform? Well, this is summarized in the rock curve. You can do this probability AUC area under the curve. And so it's 95 what we presented. And we can increase this this is very recent results with a data set from the Mediterranean area and China. When putting this all together, the prediction is even better with numbers uh, exceeding the 98. And this is really very good. So presumably then this tool can make predictions about clinically relevant hyperbilirubinemia much quicker than a doctor. Can you see this being applicable anytime soon in a clinical setting? Of course. And this is really the vision that by this decision tool, we support the doctors to come faster to a decision, but also to come to a more validated decision and to a more profound by incorporating a large variability of of features. Not only looking on the bilirubin and on the body weight, for example, but also accounting on, on other variables we identify to be important for the prediction. What did you learn about the different weights of those variables? Were there surprises about which factors were the most important for making the best predictions? Yes. We started with a large data set um, comprising almost 50 different variables. And uh, not surprisingly, bilirubin is about uh, the top five or top ten, but also some others which we already knew to be important for the 
kinetic and for the dynamic of this bilirubin course. But the difference to, to what we know until now is uh, that the combination makes the difference. So how you combine in this algorithm these different factors. Just by using four or five of these factors, we have a very good prediction and it's not needed to include all the 50 uh, parameters. With five always available parameters, we can uh, come up with a very good prediction. Now, this tool was developed using data from Basel, and therefore, as it currently stands, it probably wouldn't be suited to different populations. How can that be achieved? That's right. So with the present tool, as we published it, we are somehow limited to to the population in Basel, in northwestern Switzerland. There's a mixture of, of races, for sure, but it's somehow limited. But we expanded to China and to the Mediterranean, to Greece, and tested the algorithm there. We had to adjust a little bit, but at the end of the day, we came up with uh, very similar findings and with even a better probability in predicting because of including much more patients now. So in principle, this algorithm, this advanced tool, can work worldwide. What would your advice be then for people hearing this and wanting to develop a tool for their local population? Everyone can develop a new tool. So this is not a secret. So you can apply machine learning on your own data set. But you must be somehow cautious to really use machine learning in the hands of mathematicians, of those who are really experts in the field. Otherwise, you may overlook something, and at the very end, when you have the tool, you have a problem. That was Sven Wellman, who conducted this work during his time at Basel's Children's Hospital, who I believe he's still affiliated with. He's now the medical director at the University Hospital in Regensburg, Germany. For details of the online tool, please see the paediatric research paper. And that's it for this episode. Join us again next month for the next edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 